Well, we're in this series, Who is Fox Valley Church? And we're wanting to talk about the essence of Fox Valley, the nature of Fox Valley, the DNA of Fox Valley Church. But so much of it's wrapped around the staff. And sometimes people uh, see different staff. And because we have internships, we're committed to helping young people come into the ministry, start serving in the church, find a place to serve in the church. Sometimes transitions happen, and we're not great at saying, hey, we've made a transition. So what's happened with all three of these people in front of you is we have moved them from part-time into full-time, or, yeah, or God had another plan to move someone out of a business and, and bring him into the ministry at Fox Valley Church. So I wanted to take a moment, since we're talking about Fox Valley Church, for you to hear from them directly. Uh, we're going to begin with Julian. Julian uh, started out doing some internship internship work, and we added a few more hours, added a few more hours, and finally we made him full-time. So uh, Julian, why don't you bring us in a little bit of how you got into Fox Valley Church and your story a little bit so they get to know you. Yeah, it's a privilege to be here. So me and my wife, Paula, we were attending a church previously where I was doing student ministries uh, for a pastoral apprenticeship. And it was through that apprenticeship where I felt as if I didn't really want to be with students long term, and I felt as if the Lord was calling us to a different church. And so as we're thinking and praying and discerning what church is God calling us to, what are we going to do, we stumbled across Fox Valley because we had a couple connections here uh, from one of my professors at Judson, some mutual friends. And being here at Fox Valley, I told the Lord and I told Paula one of two things. One, I'm not doing ministry at Fox Valley because I just want to finish seminary. I want to focus on work because I was still, we were still engaged. I was wanting to save up for the marriage and all of that. But then two, Fox Valley was a pretty different church from what I was coming from. And it was over a conversation at Syrup over chicken and waffles with Pastor Brad where things changed. And so Brad knew that I was doing seminary at Moody. And so he asked me to get together as me and Paul had been attending Fox Valley for some time. And he just started asking questions about myself, getting to know me. And he said, Julian, there's some opportunity for ministry here uh, this summer. Would you be interested in doing adult ministry, specifically with life groups and connections? And one conversation led after another conversation after another conversation with Paula, Brad, and most importantly with the Lord. And just thinking and discerning, God, is this where you're calling me to do ministry? And I felt as if God was saying yes. And so just as Tom had alluded, it started out with part-time and more part-time than coming on full-time, and it's just a privilege to serve you guys here at Fox Valley. Awesome. Well, Jamar has his own story of how God brought him into student ministry, so bring us in. So you might hear two names. The kids call me Jamar. I'm just embracing it. We're going all in on Jamar, (laughs) so... Just, just embrace it. Um, yes, yeah, so Gina Lee and my wife Gina Lee uh, and I started coming here about 11 years ago as we just had our second uh, born and uh, we needed a place to kind of connect our kids and we were coming from a much smaller church. And uh, so as we grew here and started getting ourselves involved in different ministries, uh, I ended up in student ministry and I just fell in love with it immediately. I just uh, loved being with the ki- kids hanging out, having fun, and uh, having spiritual conversations with them. And then Gina Lee started serving a year later, and we got to serve together, which was so awesome. Um, And ever since then, I've just been hooked, and God's done some uh, big things in my life. Awesome, awesome. And then Kate, yeah, let's give it up for Jamar. 
And, and there's so much more they could say as they see what God's done to get them where they did. But Kate, bring us into your story. Yours is interesting too as God worked. Yeah, so I, my parents um, came to Fox Valley before I was here because I was in college in Ohio pursuing a teaching degree. I wanted to teach history to high school students. And um, my freshman year was when COVID hit, so I came home for a, a, long, a long time um, and got involved with the worship ministry here, which was the first time I had ever served in worship ministry. And um, I, I mean, I was hooked on it. Like, Jason said, like, I just loved it. And um, then I began thinking about, you know, is this potentially what the Lord um, is asking me to step into? And um, I said, no, I was like, no, there's, he, there's no way. Um, and I had a verse on my wall, the verse from Proverbs that says, commit your, your plans to the Lord and he will establish your paths. And I remember one day just praying and saying, God, I really want that. I really want you to take my plans, but for you to establish your path. And so it was through many people here in the church. It was through the Lord and my time with him um, that I decided to leave the school in Ohio and transfer to Judson mm. and pursue, wow. um, yeah, worship arts major. And here we are. Yeah. And here we are. Yes. <laughs> And you've all gotten to know them probably in different ways, seeing Kate lead, seeing Julian help out with some connections, and Jamar, if you have students, and just wandering the building, and of course, Gina Lee serving as well. It's, it's been really a, a great joy to work with them. But I want to know, what is it that excites you about Fox Valley Church? So we'll start with you, Julian, and then we'll jump to Kate. Yeah, what excites me about Fox Valley Church is the people. It's not about the ministry. That's obviously part of it, but it's the people. It's you guys allowing me to serve you, and that's an amazing opportunity that I have, and that's a huge privilege that I have. But if I if I had to think about two things, one of them being one of them is seeing spiritual transformation, and so being able to work specifically with our baptism service, uh, which we have next week Sunday. Small plug in. Um, and so hearing and walking through people's faith stories, seeing the reason why people want to get baptized, um, talking with fathers who want to baptize their children, and just seeing all the spiritual transformation in that. And then I think also in our life group ministry and just seeing some of the sin that people are repenting of, seeing someone who doesn't feel equipped to be a life shepherd and seeing how God has brought them to saying no to now stepping in and leading a life group. And that's just really beautiful. It's really neat. And the second thing I would say is being able to teach the word. You know, when, when someone is on stage and has someone's attention for five minutes, 30 minutes, there's a lot of high privilege that you have in, in teaching God's word. And that's something that I take, I don't take for granted. I take that very seriously. So being able to preach or lead the body in the Lord's Supper, um, being able to teach the word in different contexts is something that I really enjoy doing. So those two things uh, stick out to me. Wow. Awesome. Kate, what about you? Yeah, so one of the things that I just love about Fox Valley Church and being here is that we're a four-generational church. And so when I have the opportunity to lead worship and look out into our congregation, I see so many people from so many different places in life, right? And it just represents to me like all of the different history that you have had with the Lord. And we're all together worshiping the same God, right? And you've all, you know, had different worship experiences and, and whatever, but we're all together worshiping him. And I get super mm -hmm. excited about that, just seeing you all gather from all these different places places. Wow. Awesome. Thank you. And Jamar. Yeah. Uh, I, I know Tom says a lot that he's bullish for Fox Valley Church and I don't have that big of a vocab. So I just say I'm really <laughs> excited about Fox Valley Church. Um, 
But it's true. Fox Valley Church has just played a huge part in my story, in my family's story, and it's just undeniable. And when I first, uh, unlike Kate, I said yes immediately to God on this one. <laughs> just no hesitation whatsoever. Oh, he's so humble. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think Tom talked about humble leaders. Uh, um, no, I said no a lot. Um, but it was, uh, oh, where was I going? Uh, <laughs> Sidetracked. Um, it was good, though. It was. Wherever I was going, it was great. Um, <laughs> but God was. Uh, why are you excited why about Fox Valley Church? <laughs> anyway, jokes. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I, something different was here. And as I just um, saw God move through my life and change my life, I could not stop from thinking about how can I do this? How can I bring this uh, through the students? Um, just some authentic, real stuff um, that God was doing. And I wanted to share that, and I, I didn't want to hold it in. And I know I, I told Tom, I think, I was like, I would not do this position for any other church but Fox Valley Church. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I was doing it um, for this body, for this family, and for the students that were coming through. Um, just seeing our life group that has so many kids and knowing that that generation is going to, Grow and I'm going to get to see God do some amazing things through them. It's pretty, pretty exciting. That's so encouraging. Yeah. Thanks. So we're going to pivot just for a moment, and we'll come back, uh, start with you, Kate, real quickly. Uh, what are you doing on staff full time? Yeah, so I am, I'm a little bit of a blend. I'm leading worship, but I'm also um, bringing some leadership to our Equip You ministry, which is our teaching and our um, classes, our seminars, uh, yeah, to help you grow in your knowledge and your understanding of the Bible and of the Lord. Uh, yeah, those two. And then also helping in the office, too, and she'll be picking up some uh, responsibilities there. So a lot happening in Fox Valley. So glad you're doing it. It's you working. Got engaged, too. Got engaged. <laughs> And Julian, bring everybody in. What, what are your responsibilities? Yeah, so overseeing a lot of our adult ministries here at Fox Valley, so with connections, life group, world outreach, different things like that. Hmm. Awesome. And Jamar? Yeah, so I'll be working with the students, so 6th through 12th grade, and um, doing as many events as we can and keeping steady our Wednesday and Sunday night uh, programming. Um, so, and I'll be ho hopefully building that transition from fifth to sixth grade as they come into youth group and then what that transition looks like as they head off to college or do start their careers around the local community. And then give us a plug for this summer. I'm excited. Yeah. So this, this summer we have challenge, challenge, I think is Tom's most favorite thing in the world. So he <laughs> loves it and I'm excited to go. This will actually be my first time, uh, going and my wife is coming with me and we have a, a good crew of registrations already and we're open for more so i'm really excited to experience challenge this year july 1st through 5th so if you got students but let me just say why i get excited because i have found that students often make the biggest decisions of their lives at something like a conference like challenge they hear things god's moving and stirring and so i just want us as a church to support our folks that are going, our middle schools and our high school students going, and we want to do whatever we can to make it affordable for them to attend uh, that conference. Uh, it's just amazing. It's a national conference, and it's powerful. I'm going to invite a couple elders up to pray, and uh, we just want to pray for our staff. We love our staff. We care for them, and uh, so if uh, you could just join us as the elders come on up here a little bit uh, to pray over the staff that are now all full-time. And Dwayne, maybe you could start us out. 
Father God, we're just so grateful for these three who have surrendered their lives to you. Oh, I like that. And That's then great. how they responded to your calling. Yeah. I just pray, Lord, we all pray that you would fill them with this spirit of creativity, leadership, and just the way that they communicate with people and have their humble hearts. So use them, Lord, mightily mm -hmm. to influence and impact people for the kingdom. Yes. yes, Father, we have so much to be thankful for, um, for these three individuals. We thank you first, God, for their love of you and their desire to serve you. Um, and then second, for energizing them to serve right here at Fox Valley. Gotcha their love for this body. So thank you so much for that. I pray, Lord God, as they um, enter into full-time ministry, Lord, that you would just bless the fruit of their work and they would not be weighed down, that you would give them energy so that they would not be weighed down by the responsibilities of ministry, but instead be excited by seeing what you're doing through those ministries. Father, we commit them to you. We look forward to what you're going to do because you do great things, God, good things. As we were reminded a little earlier in worship is that we don't always see what you're doing, but what you are doing, God, is always good because you can only do good. And so, God, we commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, as we continue this morning into the message Remember, we're talking about who Fox Valley Church is, and then I wanted to give us a bigger picture that the church is God's people who reveal his love, right? That, that's what the church does. It, it goes into the world and, and reveals his love, his power, and his goodness. So there's great opportunity for us at Fox Valley Church to do this, and we want to do this so that the world will see God's goodness and God's work and hopefully honor him. So that's what the church is generally. And then remember last week I talked a little bit about our values, our DNA. What shapes Fox Valley Church? Because every church is a little different. Just like every family is a little different. You look at family structures and family systems and family characteristics. Every family is a little bit different. Every church is a little different, even as they name the name of Jesus. And so our four values, first one is the preeminence of God's word. We put the word first. Now certainly we could look at creation and say God reveals himself in creation. It says in Romans chapter 1, his invisible attributes are revealed in creation, but the word of God tells us who he really is and what he's doing in the world. So we would not know how to roll, even in a church, if it wasn't God revealing himself, telling us who he is. Secondly, we talk about the primacy of worship and prayer. When you know this God, when you see who he is, as he reveals himself, we want to worship him. We want to talk to him. That's what prayer is. But prayer isn't just one way. So often we think of prayer just saying these things to God and just calling him out. And yes, prayer is a 
lot of that. But prayer is dialogical. It's God speaking to us through his word. So it's this, this combination of God working in a Fox Valley church that's important to us. Worship is important. Prayer is important. In a few weeks, we're going to be moving into the Lenten season, and we're going to encourage the body to pray. Our entire life group ministry, we're moving into a season of prayer and to think about prayer and to study prayer because it's something that we want to shape us, and we have our prayer life team. So it's a significant part of the work of Fox Valley Church. Thirdly, meaningful relationships, a priority. We want to put people first. It's not programs. It's not the church structure, not administration. It's people. We care about people, and we want to love people and serve people well. And then finally, a passion for local and world outreach. Local outreach, that's why we have partner ministries that we're involved in, because we want to work with organizations in the area to serve our community. And we want to do it wherever we can, even if they're not partner ministries. But we want to know that people at Fox Valley Church are not just serving in the church, but that we're mobilizing equipping and encouraging people to serve in the community because that's where the love of God gets displayed. That's where the power of God gets displayed. And then world outreach, we care about what God's doing around the world and we're working with different mission organizations. We support missionaries and we want people to take some mission trips as God leads as well. So this morning we want to continue looking at not what we are or who we are, but where is God leading Fox Valley Church? So that's going to pull us in a slightly new direction so that you understand what is happening at Fox Valley Church, where we're going. So if you have your Bible, if you have your device, whatever it is, if you would get to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. This is a church that Paul wrote a letter to. And in that letter, he was bringing some focus to them. And through that, God is speaking to us as a church of how he wants us to move forward. So if you're able to stand, could I invite you to stand? I'm going to read Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Paul writes this. He says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ of Christ so powerfully works in me. Father, as we study your word this morning, would you bring the truth by the power of your spirit into our hearts? Let it shape us. Let it change the way we live. Let it fix our attitudes where they need adjustment. And God, let our hearts be filled with the joy of your kingdom work. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. You may grab a seat. This morning, I have two simple points I want to bring out. One is this, is that our ambition is this, is to present everyone mature in Christ. So it's not good enough, it's not a strong enough goal if just a few of us get across the finish line. What we want to see at Fox Alley Church, that as a body, we're moving together to this place of maturity. It becomes a very clear goal in verse 28 that we read, but we want to hold the question, what does maturity look like for just a few moments? But what Paul makes really clear, what he makes really clear is we make it our aim to present everyone. Our goal, our ambition, our drive is to present everyone mature in Christ. But before we get to verse 28, there's some things that are going on in verses 24 to 27 that sets it up so beautifully. Now, even in English, you can see it's a long sentence with commas, and they try to break it up. Well, the Greek sentence is even more convoluted in terms of it just is like a run-on sentence. Paul, he, he gets lifted up to the heavenlies, and he gets excited about what God is doing in the world. And so we should get excited as well, because we get to be a part of God's work. So let's take a moment and dig deeper into verses 24 to 27. I'm just going to have to kind of skim over it a little bit. But the first thing Paul says, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction. Now right there is a lot. Paul is saying, if you're going to get into a church, if you're going to get into ministry, it's going to involve suffering. It's just the way it is. It, it's hardwired into the system. It, it's part of the, the baking ingredients. One of the ingredients is going to include hardship. So if you want to get into a church and you want to follow Christ, just need to know on the front end, there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some difficulties. And the more you want to serve in the church, the more you want to participate in the kingdom work of God, Paul's just laying it out. He's saying, there's suffering. I rejoice in the suffering. It, it's amazing to think about it. Now, he then goes on and says, I want to fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. What Paul is not saying is that he can add anything to the work of Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ did on the cross, nobody can add anything to it. Just we need to read the earlier part of Colossians chapter 1, and you're going to get a picture that Jesus Christ, he came to live on this earth, he came to live a sinless life to show us who God the Father is, how to walk with God the Father, and then he wanted to remove the barrier between us and the Father. And he died on the cross, and he removed the wrath of God. He began to work away the sin that drives us far from the Father. He, he starts taking all that away, and he starts removing the fear of death, and he starts putting us on a whole plan going forward. So what Paul is saying is he's linking this to suffering is that just as Jesus Christ 
suffered when he was on this earth. People betrayed him. People turned away from him. People that were his close friends started to turn away. By the end of his life, when he's going to the cross, all of a sudden you could look around and say, where'd they all go? Remember the week before, Palm Sunday, people are waving their branches, singing praise, honoring him. Even if they didn't really know him, they were kind of in this, this path. But as the events turned, so did people. And Paul is just simply saying, I need to follow, I need to fill up with what Jesus did as well. There's suffering in the work of God. Now, sometimes we think of suffering only, only in terms of relational stuff. But Paul doesn't leave us there. Now, he doesn't go into a lot of it in Colossians, but if you read Corinthians, he he goes in there. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. In other words, you're going to get beat up, but it's not going to wipe you out. He he goes on, he says, perplexed. There's going to be times of confusion where God's leading you. Can you imagine the emotional, the internal anxiety as you're following Christ? You're saying, now God, what do you want me to do next? How do you want me to live? How do you want me to serve? How much do you want me to give? Where do you want me to go? All these questions, and Paul just lays it out there, and he says, we're... we're, perplexed but not despairing. He says persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus. We're we're constantly dying to ourselves, which is the dying of Jesus. It just starts to happen. I cannot explain in my own life someone so selfish Someone so fixated on myself, and over the years, it's taken decades (laughs) to remove some of the selfishness of my own heart. But slowly, methodically, purposely, God gave me more and more of a heart for other people. Not perfect. Don't be deceived. But it's unmistakable for people that have known me that have known me intimately, how mean I can be, how self-oriented I can be, how selfish I can be. And God begins to change, move people. Paul wrote this also a little later after the section I was just referring to in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, I've been beaten times without number. Just for following Christ. Just for telling the story of Jesus, Paul is saying, I've been beaten so many times, I can't even count them. Then he said, five times I've been beaten 39 lashes. Five times they've taken the whip to Paul and ripped the skin off his back. Three times beaten with rods. One time... People were chucking stones at him to kill him. These are all these physical things that come from people that want to name the name of Christ. Three times now shipwrecked. Now what is he bringing us in there? Is it just naturally following Christ is not going to be easy and it's not just about people. It's about on the journey and things happen. Things will happen. Why? Because there's an enemy that hates you. And if you're going to serve Christ, this enemy's coming after you. If you, men, listen up. If you're a dad and you're trying to lead your family in the way of Christ, there's an enemy 
who's going to do everything he can. He's going to take jobs away from you. He's going to cause turmoil in the office, in the workplace, out on the work environment. He's going to come after your marriage. He is going to do everything he can to separate you and your spouse. He's going to do everything he can to alienate your children from you. That's just the nature of the spiritual war. Don't be deceived. It's spiritual war. Not every shipwreck was just out there. There's enemies working against him, and that's what Paul's talking about. All the danger of travel, being exposed, going without food, living without water for days on end. It's external to him, and it's internal. He says in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 11, he said the internal pressure of caring for people consumed him. Think about that. Think about it if you're a mom and you've got kids that are just a challenge. And what mom doesn't have that? There's way more than the external, the physical. It's the internal anguish of a mom's heart as she thinks about raising her kids. That can be consuming to a mom. Or a dad, the, the, the pressures that are on a dad. It's internal and it weighs on them. Grandparents watching your grandkids. Great-grandparents watching your grandkids and your great-grandkids. It, it, it consumes you. It's internal. That's what Paul's talking about. That's why shepherds are so important. The people that we just brought up here, it's significant because they're entering a fray where they care about people and they get weighed down. When we have our staff prayer times and we're praying for people, we can feel the weight of what's happening in some people's lives and it consumes us and ministry is not for the weak. So Paul says, I rejoice in suffering for you. He goes on and talks about he's become the church's servant. He's come to serve. It's not to get. It's not to, to receive. That's not love. love. Love is just constantly pouring yourself out. That's what Jesus did. He said, this is love. And he pours himself out for the life of people. That's what the church is needing to do. And when you tell the story of Jesus, you are serving the church. Because that's what God's called us to do. When you tell your own story, just as you were asked to do, when you take that bold initiative, that courageous step to tell somebody the marvelous work God has done, you are serving the church. That's how practical it is. Because the church is going to grow. Remember we said last week, Jesus said, I will build my church. He will. And he's going to do it with or without you. But he's going to do it. I would just rather link arms with him. I would just rather say, let's just get in line and do what he's doing and participate. And we do that by telling and showing the story of Jesus. Paul goes on and he talks about this mystery. I just want to comment briefly on the mystery. I preach on this a lot. I love the story. I get enraptured in the story. When I read from Genesis all the way to the end of the Old Testament, in our English Bibles, it's Malachi, you, you get this picture, God is going to do something awesome. He's going to do something and they're trying to piece it together. They're trying to figure it out and it's a mystery. 
It's a mystery of exactly how God is going to do everything he's going to say, that he said he's going to do. You break into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all of a sudden this mystery is being disclosed. It's Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the incarnate one, the promised son. That's the mystery that's being revealed. It's the mystery, how is God going to take away sin? Is he going to use goats and cows and all these different things? No, he's going to remove sin permanently through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. That was the mystery being revealed. But then he even takes this mystery further, and he ends up with this Christ in you. Can you fathom what we're talking about? The miracle of God himself dwelling in people. That's what the Bible says, that the Spirit of God comes and dwells in us to change us from the inside out. This is not a self-improvement project. You want that? Go into the world. The world will give you psychology. Nothing wrong with psychology. We need to study psychology, but God is doing something way different than psychology. There's no just give you a program. There's no just tweaking your mind. The Spirit of God is dwelling and changing the very things we love, changing the affections of our heart so that we'll love the things of the kingdom. That is the mystery revealed. That is Christ in you. This is all these amazing things that God is doing in our lives. Now, as you start thinking about this, right, I've just laid out there's going to be suffering, but there's this amazing work of God that is calling us to be Christ's servants. Then he says, I got this mystery I want to reveal, Christ living in you. Now he's ready to tell us how we're going to fulfill this ambition of presenting everyone in Christ mature. Verse 28, he is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. You know, Jesus was not just this great prophet. It's not just that he was a great teacher. He was a sage. He, he was a wise one. When you read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, it's filled with wisdom, just bustling over with the wisdom of God, telling us how to live, how to keep our hearts aligned with God, what's important. And so when Paul writes this, teaching everyone with all wisdom, right? Why? Here's the purpose. Here's the ambition so that we could present everyone mature in Christ. That's what Fox Valley wants to do. We want to all get across the finish line. Not just a few people, not just the special ones, but all people we got to bring across the finish line. Well, it's not an easy task to do, is it? Because not everybody wants to go across the finish line. But what is maturity? Here's what maturity is. Let me just give you a picture of a heart. So mature in Christ, I, I tried to give it visually because I don't want it to be a list of things. I fear for that. I, I, I want it to be from the heart. And the first thing I wanted on the list was mature people know God. They don't know just about God. The devil knows a lot of things about God. In fact, let's just be blunt Anything I know about God, I could make a list. The devil knows a ton more. 
But his problem isn't the knowledge of things. The problem is the love of things. He hates God. He's a murderer. He's a destroyer. So knowing God, that means walking with God. It means it takes time. Just like a, an old oak tree, they grow slow. And then they're strong. Maturity takes some time, but it's growing in this knowing of God, not just about Him. But then I put on the list to, to know the Word. To know the Word, but from the heart. Amen. Because too many people, they, they have facts about the words. I remember I was a young believer. I was at the University of Illinois, and I was going to share Christ with this, this biology teacher. And he looks at me, he says, young man, you don't need to tell me anything about this. He says, I used to be a pastor, and I've rejected all that and turned away. But what I walked out of that office knowing was that man knew the word. And I didn't. I wasn't mature. His problem was he didn't love the word. Notice it's knowing the word in the heart. Do you love the Word? You know how I know you know if you love the Word? You want to spend time in the Word. You can't say you love the Word if you don't want to spend time in the Word. Remember when you were first dating your partner, your spouse? You want to spend all the time you could with them. And somehow marriage gets in the way. But if your heart, if your heart is towards each other, what happens? You want to start spending more time. And life does get in the way. It's not marriage gets in the way, it's life. Work and kids and all the duties. But you've got to keep your heart fixed on each other. Well, that's what it is about the Word. And it takes time. Thirdly, obey the Word. That's how I know if you love the Word. You're in the Word, and you obey the Word. But by faith, I can see a bunch of people saying, I obey the Word. Jesus had people come up to me, come up to him, and, and say, Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, live the Word. And the guy said, I'm doing it. I'm obeying the Ten Commandments. But it wasn't from the heart. It wasn't by faith. And Jesus pinpointed the issue in that man's heart. And I'll tell you what, he'll pinpoint the issue in your heart and my heart. If you'll give him time, he'll show you. He'll say, hey, here's something separating us. And he'll want to work on that. Like remodeling your home. You don't do it all at once, do you? You just do maybe the bathroom, then maybe the kitchen, then maybe another room. Just a little bit at a time, God's working us. But maturity goes there. And then live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Too many Christians are living in the power of the flesh. Too many Christians are living. You're either living by the Spirit or you're living by the flesh. We at Fox Valley Church want to live by the Spirit. That's maturity. You don't have to be a Christian a long time to know the Word, but you've got to know the Word. Verse 29. To this end, I strenuously contend with the, all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. That's what becomes significant. It's the Holy Spirit, right? It's the energy, the power of God working in us. Practically. 
Sometimes our spouse might not be the easiest person to love. But by the power of God, we can love that person. We can die to ourselves and love that person. We got to surrender our wills and say, I don't have to be right about this. I don't have to win this fight. The battle's already been won. What, what are we doing? But by releasing this to the Lord, we can love and allow the Spirit of God. You know, the Spirit of God loves your partner. And that love will just flow through you into your partner. Your children, some children are hard to love. It's difficult at times. The Spirit of God will pour His love into your heart, it says in Romans 5, and it'll just flow through you if you're a channel to love your children. Say, God, I don't know how to love Him. He says, I know how to love Him. I'll show you. I'll show you how to love Him. That's going to take time in the Word. It's going to take time in prayer. It's going to take time with Him. So there's all these different things that God wants to do. And I could multiply example after example. Are we going to be the supernatural people God called us to be? That's the question. Well, let's move on to my second point. If our ambition is to present everyone mature in Christ, our challenge is that following Christ cost. And the question is going to be, are you willing to pay the price? Life for the Future shows me that a lot in Fox Valley Church. Life for the Future, for those that are newer to Fox Valley, maybe haven't heard a whole lot about it, it was and is, it's still going on, it's our five-year plan, first of all, to eliminate debt, which we did in one year. It's amazing. We can praise God for that. But now there's the second phase of we need space. We're out of space for our children. We're out of space for worship. We're creating more stuff in the gym. We're creating more stuff here. And so we're going to be in the next year, this year, launching phase two, which then sets us up. Now, Fox Valley Church, as we roll, that's part of a conversation that we started in the fall. The elders had meetings with people. We're going to have more meetings coming this spring to make sure that we're all working together. But that's part of cost. It's, it's part of making ways to minister to people in our community. Let me bring us in practically a little bit of what I want to do at Fox LA Church and how we do this. We use this arrow a lot of times. This may help you. We recognize there's people here this morning, we call them lookers. They're just checking things out. Is the church the real deal? Are they genuine? Are they authentic? Are they people that really love God or are they just going through the motions, right? At some point, they're going to come to the question, will you trust Christ? If you're at Fox Valley Church and you're telling the story of Jesus, you should ask the people, where are you? Have you trusted Christ? That's what we want to be about. We want to ask people, where are you in life? Are you willing to trust Christ? These three questions we're going to hit real quickly here. These are critical questions for all of us. The second question is, will you grow in Jesus? Now, that may sound ridiculous, but I've shared with this body many times, I spent over half my ministry thinking everybody wants to grow. And not everybody wants to grow. Some people just like eating our donuts, drinking our coffee. (laughs) 
sitting in a room and being with each other, and they really don't want to grow. This is a very personal question. Nobody can answer it but you, and you need to stand before the Lord and answer, yes, I want to grow. I want to encourage you to answer it with the affirmative, yes, I want to grow. And Fox Valley Church has all the things in place to help people grow. Perfectly, no. Other churches doing it better? Maybe. That's not the point. We want to see people grow to maturity, and we have the things in place to help. But you have to answer the question, I want to grow. You need to tell Julian, who you just met a few moments ago, hey, I really want to grow. Talk to him, and he'll help you get on a a path to help you grow. If you don't know about Jesus, he'll help you find a path to learn about Jesus so you can trust Jesus. The third question we ask is this, is will you surrender everything to Jesus Christ? That just takes us deeper. If you notice, over and over, Jesus was calling people to surrender their lives. And that takes us even to another place, doesn't it? You start realizing, man, there's a cost to following Christ. I'm going to surrender everything to Jesus Christ. And we see this in the disciples. Remember Peter talking to Jesus? Jesus, we left everything everything to follow you you remember what jesus said to peter then he said don't worry about it peter i'll take care of you in the end he said i'm giving you eternal life and you will be rewarded a hundredfold for everything you ever gave up it's amazing what god wants to do but the question is will you surrender nobody can answer it just like the second question nobody can answer it but you Will you surrender it? So here's what I like to say at Fox Valley Church. The best life possible on this side of glory. This side of glory is you're not yet with Jesus. (laughs) Life today, the best life possible today is to surrender all your time, treasures, and talents. Money's easy to give away. Things are easy to throw away but hopes and dreams are you willing to surrender those to jesus christ god i want to go after this this and this and jesus is saying no i got another plan for you will you surrender it to him will you surrender that time is precious that's hard to surrender will you surrender it but the hopes and dreams for jesus christ Jesus Christ makes all the difference in the world. At Fox Valley Church, where are we going? We want to help everybody make much of Jesus Christ. We want everyone to make much of his kingdom. Remember, there's a spiritual war that's clashing between God's kingdom and the kingdom of this world. Are we going to live for this kingdom or are we going to live for God's kingdom? We've got to surrender. We've got to make much of Jesus. Next week, We're going to pick up in more details of how God is calling Fox Valley Church to work as we go forward. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word, the power of your word, the encouragement of your word. Jesus, when you said to Peter, I'm going to take care of you, let us hear those words. Let us hold on to those words that you're giving us eternal life and it starts now. It starts today and it's a quality of life that's unparalleled, unmatched to anything this world has to offer. 
but it's by faith. Help us to receive it. Help us to walk in it. Help us as a people at Fox Valley Church to magnify Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.